Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Prayer was designed by God to be a wonderful, intimate experience, but very often, it's misunderstood. To some people, prayer is some mystical process. Man, you think up here, there's got to be in in heaven there a heavenly bellhop that I can just say, I want, and he'll give me anything. That is not prayer at all. Here's the definition of prayer. It's a two-way personal conversation with our loving God. Prayer is one of the most misunderstood aspects of the Christian life. Those who want to mock believers talk of conversations with nothing or with oneself. Some Christians, on the other hand, want to make prayer into some otherworldly experience, complete with weird music and visions. (laughs) Pastor Mark will teach you what the Bible itself has to say about prayer. He'll help you understand that like many aspects of the life of the Christ follower, you need to know the right way to do things which will help you avoid weird or wrong ways of doing the Christian life, which will make for a healthy faith. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Mark chapter 6 with his continuing series called Come Apart or Come A-P-A-R-T. I'll tell you as we move through, if you don't have a Bible, it, it's very good that you read it and have it in front of you. That's how we are guided in our life. The Word of God is the mind of God. I think once in 27 years, I shared this story, but I can't remember how long ago it really was. 37 years ago, my brother, Bran, who was five years younger than me, he lived in Hawaii. He had been there for many years. He was a special needs teacher, got his degree, a master's degree and all of that. He took care of those Hawaiian kids that are like this and 500 pounds or whatever, special needs. It was a real challenge for his life. And if you live in Hawaii, typically you're going to have to have two jobs. And he had a second job. And one night he was returning home. I think he was in a waiter and he walked through a very safe area and ran into some guys, and they picked up a big kind of portable radio thing and just hit him over the head until he passed out. And he was lying there, beaten badly, and left for dead. And then somebody came by and saw him, called the ambulance, and they took him to the hospital. In the hospital, the neurosurgeon looking at him, doing the x-rays, all the things that they do there, said to the nurses, those around about, there's little hope of this young man ever being mentally right. He will never be mentally right in his whole 
mind. Well, we heard about that at home. My dad and I were living in Michigan. My mother had passed, and we were there. And what happened was my dad wanted to go to Hawaii, so he had a devotion time. My dad was a pastor almost 50 years. So I learned how to have devotions. I learned how to teach the Word of God from my dad, even though I thought it would never be a pastor, but God knew better. And during that devotion time, and I'll explain a little more of this later, God said to him a word from the Bible, a word of encouragement. And here's what God said to my dad. Bran will be healed, and it'll be 100% normal the rest of his life. Now that's, you can't turn in the Bible, oh, Bran's going to be healed in 100%. So understand what my dad did. For those of you that are new, we're finishing our series. It's basically, this is God, where we meet God in our quiet time. This is man. So my dad was there with God, and that's when he heard that. But I think what he heard initially, because I remember talking to my dad about this kind of thing, and he said, I got a word of encouragement from God during his quiet time right from here. And I don't remember, because it's too many years ago, I don't remember exactly what that word was, but I think it was something like this. There's nothing impossible with God. So as he was driving and trying to get the flights ready and all that. He was driving. I remember he was downtown somewhere in Lincoln Park where we lived. And as he got out of the car, that's when the specifics came. God said to him through the Holy Spirit now. He didn't have a Bible there. Through the Holy Spirit. The word of encouragement you heard, nothing's impossible with God. Your son's going to be fine. Fly over and watch me do a miracle. See, now that's the Holy Spirit. That's not from the Word of God. But the author of the Bible is the Holy Spirit. So he got on a plane. He went over there. And as he went over there, he walked in the hospital. There was my brother just laying there. Didn't recognize him at all. Didn't even know who he was. Who's this guy in my room? And my dad spoke to the doctor. And told him that God had said that Bran would be fine. And the doctor just looked at him and said, basically, you better make arrangements in a long care facility because your son will never be normal again. Well, of course, that can be a little discouraging. Amen. And my dad would start now. He, he stayed there for quite a while. He would go in day after day after day to visit my brother. Every day was the same. Who's this guy? Who's this guy? I don't know who you are. Who are you? And then one day, he came with some of my brother's friends that came together on that day. And when they walked into the room, Brand sat up and said, Hi, Dad. That's amazing. Then he said, Hi to the guys that were his friends. Now, to me, that recollection from God was supernatural. Well, the doctor came in, and you don't hear this very often, but here's what the doctor said. Reverend, your prayers worked. We can't take any credit for this miracle. You can take your son home tomorrow. 
Hallelujah. And God healed my brother. It was perfectly normal all the rest of his life. Nothing wrong with his thinking at all for the rest of his life. Now, how in the world did that miracle take place? I just shared with you. In the opening time, God spoke a word of encouragement from the word of God to my dad in a very discouraging time because he'd already heard from the doctor, he'll never be right. You better get over here. And the second thing was that the Holy Spirit said to him, not just I can do anything, but your son is going to be healed. Well, we've talked about this journaling. Set it aside 15 minutes a day, five days a week. And we talked about three different things. If you like to journal and write down very simply, you can do it on paper. You don't have to journal. You don't have to. You can just pray and all the rest of the things that we talked about. Or you can use an app called Day One. It's just great. So we learned the first thing is when we sit down with God, you'll see how that goes in a moment. We evaluate yesterday. How did we do? What did I do? See, the quicker you evaluate yesterday, the better you'll be. Because there's some things we do that aren't right, and you want to get them right. Then we went through and talked about the second thing. What we learned about that is we're to read, we're to study, and we're to meditate on the Bible. That means no matter what you're doing with the Bible, whether you're doing a chapter or a few verses or whatever, you have to be careful as you're doing this because you don't want to just read chapter after chapter and say, well, I read three pages. That's fantastic. Then I'm going to ask you the question, what did God say to you? Well, how can I say anything to me with three pages? Because it becomes all information, not application. Don't forget the application because you're wasting. And it's not a waste of time to read the Bible. But if it's all information, you're wasting. Because God gave us his word to transform us into Jesus Christ. Not to make us a biblical scholar with bunches of facts. So we did that. Well, today you already know what our third part is. Here it is. Today we share the third topic of journaling, prayer. Prayer was designed by God to be a wonderful, intimate experience. But very often, it's misunderstood. To some people, prayer is some mystical process. Man, you think up here, there's got to be in in heaven there a heavenly bellhop that I can just say, I want, and he'll give me anything. That is not prayer at all. Here's the definition of prayer. It's a two-way, personal conversation with our loving God. It's two-way. We speak, we listen. God listens, he speaks. So it's two-way. It's a personal conversation. Now remember, we don't pray to get our will. We pray to know God's will for us. And prayer allows us to voice our request to God. But that's just the kind of the beginning, the little structure of that. I want to show you something. I encourage you to write it down because I think it will help you with your prayers. It's very simple. These four letters, A-C-T-S. And I'll go through these so you'll have time to write them later. The first one is adoration. Then confession. Then thanksgiving. And then supplication. In other words, our request. So those are the way that keep your prayer balanced. You see, if you don't do that, you'll get unbalanced in your prayer. 
And I'll share more of that with you as we move along. So let's just take a look at the first one. Adoration. We praise and honor God for being an amazing father. Could I hear an amen in the house? We have lots of great fathers, and you don't have anybody like God. He's absolutely amazing. So we praise and honor him. Remember, Jesus said it like this in the Lord's Prayer. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father. Not if, but you say, Father. Jesus is telling his disciples that there is a real God in heaven, and he wants to be called your Father. God is not the man upstairs. God is not the man in the sky. God is the one true perfect God who's all-knowing, all-powerful, and he wants a relationship with you. That's the God we serve. 1 Samuel 2.2 says it like this. There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one beside you. There is no rock like our God. You see, there's just nobody like our God. Now, Jesus goes on. Father, hallowed be your name. Since God is holy, he deserves to be praised and worshipped. There isn't anybody on this earth that deserves to be praised and worshipped. It's just the one true God. Now, we not only spend time praying and listening to God, but here's how you honor God. Notice, we're going to honor him. One thing, I don't have time to develop it today, but when you read the scripture, when you're hearing a teaching today, by the way, I pray for people pretty much every weekend, all of you, that the soil of your heart would be good. That when the word which is alive goes out, it's not about me, when the word goes out, it finds good soil in you because that's where your growth comes from. Sometimes God has to break up the soil to get you to listen. So I've been praying that all weekend for all of you as well. Now, notice, when I honor God and hear what he has to say, my way of honoring him is not just worship, it's obeying him. It does no good to study the word. You can hear all the points I'll give you every single week. If you don't obey them, it's a waste of your time. Know the word, do the word. So how do we start when we talk about this quiet time? First, We acknowledge God our Father with respect and praise. With respect and praise. 2 Corinthians 6.18 says it like this. I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Now, let me just stop for a second. I'm praying that every single person I'm speaking to today, all of you, and there's hundreds and hundreds and actually thousands of people that watch online from all over. I'm praying today that every one of you, look at that, look at that. I'm praying that every one of you will be a son or daughter of God. Some of you are not. You're not a son or daughter of God. You don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. In every service, we've already had people say, I'm ready to be a son and daughter of God. So listen as I teach. Because that's about you. I want everybody walking out of our campuses today, a son and daughter of God. That's why we're here. That's the whole reason we're here. Now, he's the perfect father. And God right here wants to spend time with you. Let's say 
I'll use myself as an example. When I go out and see all of our grandkids, our four grandkids, you go, you know, if I'm sitting over here as the father, some of my kids will definitely want to be here and talk to grandpa. What's happening, grandpa? Get on my lap and all that kind of stuff. Good stuff. Well, if you can do that for an earthly father, this is way better because you're acknowledging your heavenly father. And he's the one taking time to meet you and me in that devotional time during the day. Now, what does he want? He wants you to have an ability to reach the potential he has for you. God has a different plan for every person, everyone. And he wants you to reach that potential. Well, the next one is a little more difficult. Notice, C, confession. We admit our sins and we ask God's forgiveness. Now, here's the big step to that one. Remember as you're here, and you could put the confession part here, or you can put it in yesterday. Man, I blew it yesterday. But here's what you have to be. When you and I are sitting down with God, and you come to that part, you want to be 100% honest with God. Well, you say to yourself, I know I should confess that, but it really wasn't my fault. Somebody else did. See that storm? That's what God's saying. Cut it out. (laughs) Quit lying. There it is again. See? He's on the throne. He's moving his chair up there, right there. Do you understand what I'm just saying? Do you and I think we can actually sit next to God and go, I'm not going to tell him that. He doesn't know anything about that. Are you crazy? He's all-knowing, but he's gracious. Here's what you'll discover. We've all experienced it. If you need to ask God for forgiveness in whatever relationship, people, all, I have no idea how wide that goes. If you don't do it, you will live with guilt, and you'll be miserable. See, when you ask forgiveness, you have to be honest with God. I did it. It was me. God, forgive me. Once you do that, the guilt is gone. And now I'm in relationship with God again. I have an honest, open relationship with God. That's the way we are. We have to confess those sins. When I do that, I have the power to live with joy and peace in my heart. If some of you are here today, and even as I've spoken, you know something that immediately came to your mind. You know who brought that to your mind? the Holy Spirit. Then you, before you leave the service, just a simple prayer right where you're at. Mention that and ask God to forgive you because he promises to do. You remember 1 John 1, 9? If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and he will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. It doesn't get any better than that. But I have to, if I confess then it works. The next one is thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Always pray with a thankful heart by telling God all the great things he has done for us. Now, before we pray for ourselves, when we sit down in the morning, it's really a good thing in our needs, or maybe pray for someone else, It's a good thing when you sit down with the Father in heaven just to say, 
Good morning. Thank you for being a good, good father. Is he a good, good father? It's incredible. It's rather than, okay, God, you got a second? You get your notepad. I got 12 things I need to ask you that I need done in the next few days. Thank you so much. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. But don't start that way. Say to God, you're amazing. Thank you, God. Not by, by the way, don't just thank God for what he's done for you. Thank him for who he is. I mean, to be able to forgive us over and over again, wow, that's called the grace of God. Now, I want to do something a little strange, but it's very quick. Stop and think all the good things God does for us. Where in the world would we be without our Heavenly Father? So I want to take 10 seconds, and I'll give you time. I want you to think, everyone that's here, two things that you want to thank God for. And in a moment, I'm going to ask you just to say that to God, privately, quietly, whether it's a son, a daughter, whatever, health, whatever. Just say two things to God and say, God, you're my father. Thank you for boom, boom. All right, here we go. Go. All right. How many like to hear two words? Thank you. Do you like to hear thank you? You think God likes to hear thank you? He just did. Way to go. You know what I thought in every service? You know what I'm thankful for? A family. We're family. When we meet for praise night, thousands and thousands of people can't find parking. It's just going to be fantastic. We got bands from everywhere. And I'm thankful for that because it has nothing to do with me. It's just great to be a family. Amen? And we love each other and we're doing life together. Together is better. And it's just an amazing thing to think of that encouragement we have together. Now, do you understand that everything we have is a result of the generosity of God? He's a generous giver. Now, our ultimate source in life is not our money, not our job, not our career, not our relationship. Our ultimate source is absolutely the person of God and his generosity. Look at this verse, 1 Timothy. Instruct those who are rich in this present world, not to be conceited or to fix their hope on the uncertainty of riches, but on God. Let's read this together. Who richly supplies us with all things to what? To enjoy. You know, our world thinks, and you'll hear people say as you witness to people, I'm not going to become a Christian. God's such a hard person. You could never please him. He doesn't want me to have fun in life. Wrong. Everything to enjoy. John 10.10, he came to give us life abundantly, more than we can ever imagine. Psalm 84 says it like this, For the Lord God is our sun and our shield. He gives us grace and glory. Now listen to this one. The Lord will withhold no good thing from those who do what is right. Today, Pastor Mark taught about having a prayer time in conjunction with journaling. You learned that the Bible talks a lot about the Christ followers spending time with God alone. You were shown that Jesus, who is the pattern for you to follow, spent lots of time alone with God in prayer. You were warned also not to get weird about this time, but to balance it with the rest of your life. 
There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. In the next section of Pastor Mark's series, Come Apart, or Come A-P-A-R-T, he'll be talking about the idea of you being a son or daughter of God. You'll learn that God himself calls his followers his children. Pastor Mark will be teaching more about the ideas of repentance and confession of sin to God. You'll learn about the cleansing and restoring that happens when you do these things. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time. As Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series, Come Apart or Come A-P-A-R-T. That's next time on Lessons for Living. in a hurting world a new hope he is giving